we know your children mean everything to you as ours do to us that's one reason you homeschool to make sure they get the best possible start at the process effect we read the research on learning and gather the best information then we share the highlights and create ways to incorporate experience-based and research-based processes into your existing practice to support your homeschool we talk to non-traditional teachers researchers learners and homeschool parents and share the conversations with you in our podcasts and in our social media we even share the research with you in an ever-expanding practice library at the process effect we make it simpler to incorporate learning processes that have an amazing effect thank you for joining us welcome to our third podcast this week the topic is trusting yourself we talked about reading we talked about writing in our first two podcasts. It's important this week to focus on simply trusting yourself. So many people are so deluged with information and with such a range of offered expertise, they've forgotten to trust themselves. We are in a Google everything world. We are in a let me Google that for you world. But when we think about it, who knows your child best? Who does your child rely on the most? Who is the person trying to pull together a universe of of structured information and opportunity so that this person will become, at the age of 20, 25, 30, 45, 60, a confident, lifelong learner who is still endlessly curious about the world around them, endlessly learning things, proactively nurturing and guiding other people to a better path. When we think about that as really the central goal of most of the homeschools that we design, then all of these smaller issues that arise from day to day might seem easier to manage if we just keep our eye on that central goal. And so the article that my sister shared today about One choice that she made in philosophy of reading instruction for one of her children, it might seem like a small thing, but as you know, if you have two learners, you probably have two learners with two completely different styles, two completely different sets of interests, two different levels. They might hit different levels at different times so that you can't necessarily track kid number two or kid number four based on what kid number one did before them. You can plan for that but that's not necessarily the way it will happen. First blog post from Monica, I think is significant because it points to that. When you encounter that point of difficulty, what is the difficulty really? It's important, no matter how busy we are, to keep our eye always on that larger goal of our 30-year-old person who is confident and curious and has become this kind and nurturing person out in the wild. It's important to keep that goal in mind so that we can look at the situation with a fresher lens and say, okay, what is actually going on here? I'm using an approach with this child that did not work with another child. Let's see what the stumbling blocks are and see whether there is a different approach that might be better for this child. And that doesn't mean that one approach is better than the other just universally. And I know that some whole product sets are sold on the on the idea that one is better than the other just universally. For most 
learners, a mixed approach is better. And so a part of the process that you use in your homeschool absolutely should be trying to discover which approach works best for each learner and not to be afraid of mixing approaches. And I think that's the power in Monica's post is that A, she discovered that there was an issue. B, she did not blame her learner. She instead tried to observe the learner to see what is actually happening, what could be different. And sometimes, as was the case for her, maybe I can go back into my own learning history and try to uncover what some of my own obstacles or successes were, see if this person might benefit from some of those insights. But she stopped. She stepped back. She looked at the situation She did not blame her learner. She also did not blame the curriculum. She just thought, okay, this works for one child. It's not working for the other one. Let's find something that works a little better. What else is out there? Powerful part of her approach was that she didn't look for packaged curriculum, but instead for concepts, for what does the research say? And she found a different way of thinking about how people learn this specific set of skills. She started applying some of those tactics based on those theories and her child started to blossom. None of that would have happened if she had not trusted herself. All of that happened because she trusted herself. There is just tremendous, tremendous power in that. My hope is that you will see some of these anecdotes from um, homeschooling parents. You'll see some of these choices they're making or some of the examples they're trying to set for their own learners and some of the processes they're trying to bring into play. And that will help you feel stronger when you think you need to do something similar. So that if you're at the crossroads with one of your learners, if you know that something that you're working with worked for all of your other children and here you are with this child and it's not working and you don't understand. Why can't you just understand chapter three? Trust yourself to step back and see what else is available. What are the 50 other ways available out there to explain that same concept? Those things are out there. There might be one teacher with one YouTube video that can make this click for your learner. I'm not trying to create more work for you, but I am trying to encourage you to trust yourself and go look for solutions that are out there waiting for you. Some of them, when we find them, we try to post them and share them here. Many of you who are involved in these big Facebook organizations and really powerful and strong co-ops and who are a member of various communities in the homeschool world already have so many resources available to you. Always look for the option that works for your learner instead of just using whatever everyone else says has worked for their child because it's not a one-size-fits-all world. One of the reasons that most of us have pulled our children out of one-size-fits-all schooling, the one of our goals was we will help our child think flexibly about the learning situation. And as parents, we're going to think flexibly about the learning situation and try to see which processes work for this learner and what effects those will have. And if we're not seeing the effects that we want with the curriculum or the instructional tactics that we're using, we're going to research and find better ways. I hope this helps you. It can be tough sometimes day to day. I know that you feel overwhelmed some days. I know that sometimes it's too much, but you can do it. One way that you can do it better, one way that you can do it is to simply trust yourself to do it. I know you can do this thing. 
You chose to do this. You are committed to it. Your children are learning and growing and becoming better people because of you. And I am so happy that you are in this world doing these things. Thank you for doing that. Please do message me and let me know what you think. And when you read any of our posts and you think that sounds good, but I've done this other thing, please tell us about that too. All of the other homeschoolers reading would probably love to see some alternate approaches. We look forward to seeing you next time and I will post another podcast again next week. Until then, happy homeschooling at the process effect. We make it simpler to incorporate learning processes that have an amazing effect. Thank you for joining us.